folks, welcome to another edition of The Edge of Darkness. Yes, I am not Jeff Bennett. You are listening to Republic Broadcasting Network, though. Um, Jeff asked me to fill in for him this evening, and so I was more than happy to do so. I am your host, guest host, Maggie Rose. And yes, you are listening to The Edge of Darkness, but Jeffrey Bennett is out for today, and so he will be back tomorrow, same time, here on Republic Broadcasting Network. Um, I am um, still to be heard on Mondays and Fridays here on RBN from 5 to 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That's 8 to 9 East Coast Time. So again, that's 5 to 6 Pacific Standard Time, seven, uh, 6 to 7 Mountain, and 7 to 8 Central, and 8 to 9 Eastern Standard Time with the Concord Hour. Uh, today's date, folks, is November the 7th. 30 days ago, today, a most terrific, heart-wrenching nightmare for so many hundreds and thousands of people, including family and friends all around the world, took place completely unprovoked, and many, many people lost their lives. And we still have people today that are trying to say that these horrific things that are being seen and reported never took place. I first want to play this. This is just a partial clip. And then I'm going to be uh, playing the entirety of what I heard today um, a little bit later on in the show. Uh, this is Rabbi Penny Dunner. And again... I'm just going to play this one little tiny clip, and then I'm going to play in a few minutes the rest of what he had to say in this clip. That was Rabbi Penny Dunner in California last Sunday at a synagogue. I will be playing a little bit more of that. Um, I'm hoping this next part that I'm going to be playing, um, hopefully Julie and, uh, and our board engineer will be able to tell me whether or not she can hear this part or not. Uh, this is something that uh, was brought through a One American News um, to give a little bit of a backstory of what uh, many people are thinking and feeling right now, people who are absolutely outraged, and they're saying that if we don't stop it, if the Israelis do not stop it, it will come here. Folks, I want to tell you, it is already here. Because of our porous border, because of this so-called administration not protecting its people, we already have Hamas, Hezbollah, Red Chinese here in the United States. Some of them have training camps literally set up all along the West Coast. And we're told by our law enforcement that as long as they're not breaking any laws, we have to leave them alone. But they know darn well training camps are taking place 
all around the United States. And they're just waiting till they're given the green light. The Israeli people, the Jewish people have a right to defend themselves. Too many times they sat back and they played along and and tried to give some concessions here and there. And this was the result of it on 7 October. For those of you that think this could not happen in the United States of America, you are sorely mistaken. For those of you that don't know your history, just recently in Australia and Canada, when their guns have been taken from them, look what those two governments have done to them. Look at how the truck drivers in Canada were treated, how people's bank accounts were closed so they could donate of their own personal money to the freedom of speech, to the right to protest against a tyrannical government. Countries like Venezuela, back in the days of Vietnam, the Khmer Rouge, all around the world, when they take away your guns, you have no ability to defend yourself against a tyrannical government. The Jewish people in World War II, if they had not had their guns taken away from them, do you think the night of glass would have taken place? Do you think they would have been rounded up and taken to the concentration camps? Do you think that their families would have been gassed or put in the ovens? When I've heard people tell me that the Holocaust did not take place, They have not been there. They have not visited these sites. I know people whose parents were part of the liberation of these concentration camps. And they wrote books and they took pictures with their little brownie camera and showed me these pictures of what they saw in the first few minutes of going in to Auschwitz and all these and Dachau and all these other concentration camps. You cannot rewrite history and said it did not happen. And if we do not learn from history, it will continue to repeat itself over and over again. It'll be different faces, different governments, different regimes. But you know, folks, the time for playing nice is over. People have a right to defend their homes, their families, their country, their homeland. In just a minute, I'm going to play Rabbi Dunner's part of his speech that he gave on Sunday. I want you to hear this first, though. About the national chapter, so I guess they're a little more radical in Chicago. But take a look at this crap. I stand with Palestine. You know how they paraglided in and killed a bunch of innocent people? Yeah. File. That's the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the unconscionable support Americans are giving to Hamas from New York to Michigan from Australia to London there are hundreds if not thousands of people taken to the streets the last couple of days screaming death to Jews everywhere look at this stuff we're done being tortured and hurt and judged this is the correct religion Christians don't believe with you. 
between the ages of 16 and 40 with one-way tickets to Jordan booked at the last minute. Guess we didn't see that one coming, did you, Jojo? The Biden regime once again culpable for the almost guaranteed attack that will be coming to our land, folks. I'm not talking about if one's going to happen. Right now, it's when is one going to happen. In addition to the Americans killed in Israel over the weekend, there is word that there's somewhere between 14 to 20 American hostages being held as well. Our next guest helped to organize a rescue mission that included getting 84 Americans out of that war-torn area before it was too late. But let me tell you something. This next guest, he knows a thing or two about battles and terrorists. He's a surviving member of the security team who fought the Battle of Benghazi. Let's welcome back to the program the founder of the Shadow Warriors Project, our good friend, Mark Oz Geist. Oz, how you been, brother? Um, I hate doing to get involved in these circumstances. Yeah, it's unfortunate. You know, it seems like this is the only time we ever get a chance to con- converse is when bad things are happening around the world. Well, when bad things happen, you need uh, strong men with big hearts. <laughs> and uh, Mark, I consider one of you those guys. So let's talk Thank about you what so you much. helped to organize. Well, of course, let's talk about what you helped to organize. There were a lot of Americans there for the um, Jewish holiday. There was a lot of Americans there for that big music festival. And then just in general, lots of Americans go back and forth that have uh, Israeli Jewish ties, right? And so what happened? You got contacted. There was a church group or something, 84 people. And you helped yeah, them out. A friend of mine, his sister was on that church group. Um, it's out of North Dakota. Okay. They've been uh, traveling around... Um, Israel prior to uh, Sunday or Monday, I guess it was Friday or Saturday of this last week, and uh, they happened to be in Bethlehem when the war kicked off and when the attacks came, and really kind of felt abandoned there, um, didn't have the ability to to move, didn't have the leadership to provide that. Uh, they got a hold of the State Department. State Department told them at, this, at that point in time on, that, on Saturday, there wasn't an emergency that... They would get back with them to coordinate anything as should that come about. Unfortunately, a bunch of them didn't feel comfortable with that and uh, reached out. And we were able to coordinate through some contacts that I have on the ground, um, get them out. We were able to get them over to Jordan and uh, into Amman, where, uh, Jordan, where they could fly out and uh, make it home. Some of them are in flight as we speak, making their way back to uh, North Dakota. Wow. That's amazing, Mark. Thank you. God bless you for doing that. Now, folks, there's more to that interview, but here's another part. Uh, One American News, which is my favorite one. It's a a very, very um, patriotic um, station that shows both sides of the issues here. This is One American News. Welcome back. More terrifying news, folks, associated with the Biden regime's badly botched border crisis. Our grossly neglect leaders are responsible, and yes, they are. Joe Biden, Mayorkas, right on down this regime are responsible for the infiltration of terrorists that are now occupying American soil. And you can say, Dan, where's your proof? Look, the proof's in the pudding of the numbers. Look, every single day, you're talking about 7 million illegals that have come into the country in the last three years, almost three years, under Biden. And they tell us, oh, we've nabbed a few of them. What about the gotaways? What about the bad guys that when
Patrol agents are so busy over here taking care of a legitimate asylum seeker with a baby. What are the guys doing on the other side? Running right past them. We've heard it before from actual border agents we've had on this program, retired ones, that say they're so overwhelmed, there's no way they can stop all this. They're here, and we better be prepared, folks. Now, folks, too many people are falling asleep at the wheel, and they are not paying attention to what is going on. Here's something else here. This is Ben Shapiro. Thank you. And one question that we ask all of our guests um, who come here, if you could leave our members with one thing to think about, what would it be? I mean, I think that tonight, the, the thing that I would leave with is the same thing that I came in with, which is that there are certain values that are worth protecting. There are certain values that are worth protecting. And one of those values is the value of understanding, the value of understanding clear moral differentiation, which obviously has been completely obscured. I, I think tonight we've seen some evidence of people obscuring some clear moral differentiation between these targeted burning of babies in their homes in front of their mothers by shoving them in an oven and people attempting to kill terrorists who are themselves putting civilians in harm's way in violation of the rules of war and the Geneva Convention. And if you're one of the people who's making this sort of moral equivalence, I ask for you to check your own heart. And if you're one of the people who's watching people make this moral equivalence and being convinced by the supposed complexity of the issue, I ask for you to check your brain. Thank you. Now, this is Peter Lerner. Peter Lerner is a colonel with the Israeli Defense Force. Again, Peter Lerner is with the IDF, the Israel Defense Force. He's a commander, and he works with public relations and media. We take you now to today's 700 Club, where Gordon Robertson spoke with Lieutenant Colonel Peter Lerner, an intelligence expert from the IDF. So tell us about the fighting. It's described as house-to-house in Gaza. What can you tell us about the progress of the IDF is making and what challenges the troops are facing? Good morning, indeed. The IDF is progressing in our military operation against Hamas. We are conducting combat, which is door-to-door, compound-to-compound, because they've built up, effectively, Hamas has built up um, extensive uh, capabilities within the civilian arena, building, taking advantage of civilian buildings, of community centers, of mosques, of uh, hospitals, and we are fighting them, seeking them out, and I would say in almost all of the exchanges, we are killing the enemy. This is uh, what we set out to do in order to dismantle and destroy Hamas as a governing authority of the Gaza Strip. They can never, ever be allowed to have the power of government in order to use the Gaza Strip as a staging ground. So I would say our progress is moving forward every single day. We have uh, completed now uh, um, the encirclement of Gaza City, and we are putting a lot of pressure on Hamas in their hub, in their center of gravity, and, and yes, it's, it's, this is a, going to be a long war, but we are determined to win. Uh, do you have the, uh, any idea of the, of the timing? We've all seen the video, the animation of the underground network underneath that hospital in Gaza. Uh, any, any chance of that happening in the next few weeks, or are, we, are you gearing up for a much longer campaign? Gordon, I can't, obviously can't go into operational or actual operational uh, developments and definitely not time frames. Uh, wherever Hamas is hiding, 
think they need to know that they are, they are a target. Wherever they are concealing their capabilities, they will be taken out. Wherever they think that they are safe, they will be pursued. Our job is to restore safety and security to the state of Israel. Their job is to make sure they can never, ever be uh, uh, attacked and abduct Israelis again. As, you, as Chris Mitchell rightly pointed out, over 241 Israelis are currently being held by Hamas. Um, we are demanding that uh, uh, the International Committee of the Red Cross have access to them to assess the state of their well-being. But ultimately, these people need to be brought home. They need to be brought home quick. We are utilizing all of the tools in our um, capability in order to bring them home. Uh, but there's also diplomatic efforts that are ongoing. Uh, yeah, this is a very, very complex situation, but we are determined to defeat the enemy. Well, let's talk about the complexity of the diplomatic situation. We've already heard from the EU and the UN, the Secretary General. Uh, we, there's this leaked memo from the U.S. State Department, all calling for a ceasefire. So tell us, why is it so important to Israel to say, no ceasefire? He knows nothing will ever capture the beauty of his wife, but that doesn't stop him from trying. So ceasefire that does not recognize the issue of um, the hostages, or ceasefire that suggests that Hamas will be able to regroup and, re and, and go on another murderous massacre, uh, will not be uh, uh, permitted in any way or form. As you rightly pointed out, Prime Minister Netanyahu said that perhaps the, uh, an hour here, an hour there, uh, tactical in order to facilitate some of the humanitarian needs, but the ceasefire can only be when Hamas no longer fires. They are bent on our destruction, they haven't changed their ways, and therefore they can no longer be a player at the table of decent players. They are indecent, and therefore they need to go. I agree with you. Hamas is a terrorist organization. As an American, I recognize what they've already said. Uh, Israel first and then the U.S. next. Iran's been saying that for decades. Uh, Hamas wants to wipe us out as well, which, which is uh, it's amazing to me that people in the State Department, our own State Department, seem to want to protect them. Let's look at the longer term picture. Um, uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu said overall security responsibility for Gaza will be Israel's responsibility for an indefinite period of time after the war. So how is that going to work? Is, and, and is there any kind of limit on the indefinite period of time? So indefinite means indefinite, but I think the most important word in his comment was actually overall. We have to have the overriding security ability to ensure that this, you know, October 7th never happens again. Uh, this is, this reality was one that over the course of the last 16 years, Hamas was able because of our, uh, I would say standoffish uh, approach to them, a way where we allowed them to govern Gaza as they saw fit. But the only thing they saw fit to do was build a terrorist army to utilize all of the tools of government to uh, to create this terrorist army, to empower it, to equip it, to train, to develop uh, rockets and missiles, um, uh, explosive drones, all of the tools of terror that they have used. And so when we say overriding or overruling, um, there needs to be a very strong or a new security regime that ensures that that can never, ever happen again. Folks, it can never, ever happen again.
That was Peter Lerner, the IDF commander, uh, the Israeli Defense Force commander and spokesperson. Now, I want to play for you something. Um, I was going over YouTube today, and all of a sudden this popped up, and it was on the CBN, which is the Christian Broadcasting Network, where somebody actually uh, videoed uh, a synagogue um, venue that took place this last Sunday. Uh, the person you're going to hear is Rabbi Penny Dunner, D-U-N-N-E-R, and he is with the Beverly Hills, one of the Beverly Hills synagogues, uh, Young Israel of North Beverly Hills, also known as Beverly Hills uh, Synagogue. And I was so moved by what he had to say. Um, I am was raised Christian. Uh, many of my family members were Irish, Scottish, um, and uh, English. I even have a little bit of Lenape Indian going back 300 years ago because uh, my great-great-grandfather came from England, and he married into a tribe. But I also found out during my study of genealogy that I have some Jewish heritage on both sides. My biological father's mother, her father was Jewish. His parents came from Germany and France in 1830, and they were married by her cousin, Rabbi Wise, um, in Ohio. There is a, a synagogue. Uh, that was built in his name. And my great-grandfather and my great-great-grandparents are buried in the United Jewish Cemetery. On my mother's side, my great-great-grandfather Gottlieb Jaeger came from Austria and settled in the United States and was a very well-known real estate tycoon up in Tacoma, Seattle, Washington, also had some Jewish heritage. So, there are so many groups that are both Christian and Jewish that are working together. I want you to hear what Rabbi Penny Dunner had to say in Beverly Hills this last Sunday. Yesterday marked one month since the Hamas massacre on October 7th. And around the world, synagogues held services to mark the moment. Rabbi Penny Dunner spoke at his synagogue in Beverly Hills about the importance of Jews and non-Jews forming a coalition against all supporters of terror. He spoke about the resilience of Israel and the Jewish people. We, the Jewish people, are the bearers of God's Torah. We, the Jewish people, carry the legacy of the prophets. We, the Jewish people, display the passion of the Maccabees. We, the Jewish people, are the product of the wisdom of our sages and of the vibrancy of Jewish life that has blossomed in every corner of the world over millennia. And most importantly, our land, Eretz Israel, a gift given to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, 4,000 years ago, conquered by Joshua, ruled by King David, and yearned for by every generation of Jews wherever have they have been throughout our history. Those who kill us in the hope that it will deter us from our destiny are making a big mistake. Those who accuse the Jews of being colonialists with no rights in the promised land are swimming against the tide of history. As 
Assyrians, Greeks, Romans, Byzantines, Crusaders, Ottomans, they've all come and gone. But the Jewish connection to the Holy Land has always been there and it is there to stay. You can scream and you can shout on the streets, you can plan attacks, you can use your proxies such as the United Nations in the vain hope that you will dislodge the Jewish people from the land of Israel. It will never happen. The Jewish people are in their land and they are there to stay. Greater enemies of the Jewish people than Hamas have come and gone. So I say this to and to their motley team of supporters. Tonight, 30 days after you killed our beloved family members, we are more pumped than we have ever been. Soon, very soon, Hamas won't even be a punchline. You'll be gone, and Israel will thrive, prosper, and flourish. The land of Israel, Eretz Israel, Medinat Israel, the Jewish people, will be the beacon of light and the source of spiritual awakening and material bounty God intends it to be. Listen carefully. And you can hear the Messiah's footsteps coming towards us. The time is now. The Jewish people have never been more united. In adversity, there is unity. In suffering, there is love. In pain, there is hope. We never give up because we know we are God's chosen people and his beloved children. Ariel is a bridge builder. His organization, Root Source, is dedicated to... There we go, folks. That is Rabbi Dunner, Penny Dunner. I want to say thank you to him for allowing me to play that tonight. I spoke to him on the phone just about less than an hour before we came on air. And I wanted him to know that I wanted to play it and how much he moved me by what he had to say. I want to say shalom to him Everybody who's part of his synagogue and all those around the nation and around the world that are standing with Israel, whether you're Christian or not Christian, spiritual or religious or not, Catholic, Mormon, it does not matter. We are God's children. We are all God's people, and we need to stand with our brothers. We're going to go to a break here in just a moment, folks. This is Maggie Rose. I'm filling in for Jeffrey Bennett here on the Edge of Darkness. We'll be right back. Listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news. 
Real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit drinksupertea.com. The first word is drink, spelled D-R-I-N-K, then the word super, then the word tea. The complete website is drinksupertea.com. Or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113. DrinkSuperTea.com. Homeowners, are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not or know if you are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Call toll-free 1-855-2-KEEP-IT. That's 1-855-2-KEEP-IT today. My name is John. I'm the founder of Blackout Coffee, and I started uh, Blackout because I really love coffee. I've always loved coffee, and after traveling so much to Europe, South America, and trying so many different coffees that were so good, and uh, every time I came back uh, to the U.S., I was so disappointed with the coffee, so I figured that I had to do something about it. The biggest difference is really is on the beans and the roasting process, how we roast it and how fresh it is. The fresher the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee. It's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. So it literally gets to consumers' house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee, you have to try ours. It's fresh roasted. It's one of the best beans that we can get. And you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10. Some people say I'm a no count, others say I'm no good, but I'm just a natural born traveling man, doing what I think I should, oh yeah. Doing what I think I should And I don't give a damn about a green bag of dollar Spend it fast as I can Or a wailing song and a good guitar The only things that I understand Oh boy, the only things that I understand When I was a little baby My mama said, hey son Travel where you will and grow to be a man 
And sing what must be sung, poor boy Sing what must be sung And I don't give a damn about a greenback a dollar Spend it fast as I can For a willing song Welcome back, folks. You're listening to The Edge of Darkness. I'm stepping in for Jeffrey Bennett here. I am your host, guest host, Maggie Rose. And tonight we're talking about Israel and Israel's right to defend their homeland, to defend their people, to defend the brutal butchering of men, women, children, elderly grandparents, babies, you know, folks, when people have been trying to say that the Holocaust didn't take place, and yet there's so much evidence that it did, but how many of you are willing to actually save up your money and travel to Europe? Go to the concentration camps. Go on the tour groups of Auschwitz and Dachau. Why don't you take a book that I had handed to me when I was 12, 13 years old called The Diary of Anne Frank. I was the same age as she was when I was reading that book. Now, she lived and died in the 1940s. And I came along many years later. And yet as a 12, 13-year-old, I felt that by reading her diary that I was her friend that I was feeling what she was feeling because I was going through many of those emotions myself at the tender age of 12 and 13. And there's no way that her father, Otto Frank, would have made up those words. People have tried to say the whole thing was fake, that none of these things ever happened. And yet I actually heard the interviews of those people that helped to hide them before those people made their transition. You know, I was watching the other day an interview of a woman who was part of a special group of people that repair their their dead. And I learned something new about the Jewish culture and traditions that I did not know. I have studied it myself because I was a history major and I studied my own Irish and German and Scottish and English um, roots and background. And then when I found out I had Jewish heritage, I decided to study that too and to try to educate my family and friends. And when I was watching this interview the other night, my heart just about jumped out of my chest. You know, I'm a nurse. You all know that. And I've seen some rather ugly things in the 35 years I was in the military. But nothing prepared me for what this woman had to say during the interview. I, I'm not going to play it. I recorded it. I'm not going to play it tonight. Um, I don't think it's necessary. But I will share with you that she's a mother with children of her own. And she volunteered to be part of a group that when somebody passes away in the Jewish tradition, you bury them very quickly. And there's reasons for this. They have many reasons in their, in their culture and their history for doing this. But what you do is you, you clean the body. You bathe the body. You try to do whatever you can um, to, to um, make sure the body is handled with respect and love. They know that the soul, the spirit is is not there and is going on. But 
they show such reverence for their dead. And she was describing that sometimes it, you know, it, it could take, you know, up to an hour to prepare a body, depending upon the condition they found the body. And she was discussing that at one point, you know, they were trying to uh, prepare some of these people with the respect that they deserved. And maybe 20, 25 minutes of doing it with a team of five or six women. Now, what they did is they had the men, a groups of volunteer men handling the men's remains. And they had groups of women handling the women's remains or the remains of the children. But she said because the Hamas were so horrific in what they did that they were incinerating people and would actually go back after they shot them and burn them more than once until in some cases the groups of people that were going out into the streets and from home to home uh, gathering up the remains of, of these Jewish people these innocents could only come with a bag of ashes and that they were trying every way they could through DNA and other ways to identify each person that had been assassinated had been murdered. And sometimes there was maybe, she said, a total of 50 or 60 they could not identify because it was such pure ashes where it was obvious they had come back and they had burned them more than once to make sure there was no way to identify them, even through DNA. And you could see this woman was trying to be very strong in how she was telling her story to us, the audience. She said, also in our tradition, we grab every little bit of blood. Every drop of blood goes with the deceased when they are buried. Every drop of blood that we can get. Which means that when they had some people that had been brought to them, had their arms, their legs hacked off, some of them were actually beheaded. And there was no body to go with the head. They didn't know who this, this body belonged to. Because in some cases, the Hamas would hack off the arms and the hands so you couldn't even identify them through fingerprints. And sometimes part of the remains were burned and others weren't. Can you imagine the horrors and the nightmares? This woman was describing that when she and her husband got done with a six, seven, or eight-hour shift, they would go home to their children and the first thing she would do is hug her children her son and her son-in-law ended up that night of the massacre going out and volunteering and going and doing whatever it is that they had to do her son and her son-in-law telling you this story right now i don't even know if her son and her son-in-law are still with us or still alive but these two young men we must defend our kibbutz, we must defend our people. She said she did not share any of these things with her children. They don't need to know these things. They don't need at this point in their life to have their innocence shattered. They're already hearing the rockets going overhead. They're already hearing the things that are happening. They're already having to go to their safe rooms and their safe houses. In many cases, many of these people went to their safe rooms and their safe rooms were breached by the Hamas, who kept throwing grenades in. Some people went to their little bunker shelters that they had throughout Israel. And the Hamas knew that they were in there, and they would throw hand grenades in. And some of the young girls, I was hearing their stories, sharing their stories about how they laid among the bodies of their friends. And one lady said, so she said, I went to this place with my girlfriend, 
and my girlfriend was injured, but they kept throwing grenades in. And finally, it killed my girlfriend. And she says, how I protected myself because they came back to see if made sure that was nobody was moving, nobody was alive. She said, so I kept my eyes open, looking like I was dead like my friend. So when they looked at my friend who was covered in blood and chaperoned from the hand grenades, they saw me with my eyes open, not moving, staring, and they thought I was dead too. And they went on. That's what saved my life. Babies being taken from their mothers and put in ovens and burned to death. Pregnant women being run through. These are some of the horrors of war, yes. But these were innocent civilians. You didn't see the Jewish people going over to Gaza to the Palestines and raping the women and butchering them left and right, throwing hand grenades into the homes of the Palestinians. Many of those Palestinians are so innocent. Their country was taken over and became Hamas. And they had nowhere else to go. And they lived with this regime. I'm sure they, many of them, how do we get rid of them? They are so brutal. They are so monstrous. But these Palestinian people, they had no idea that this was going to happen. We can sit here and play the blame game and say, well, the U.S. government and its CIA and its military intelligence should have known and seen this coming. And why the military intelligence of Israel, which is one of the best in the world, how could they not have known this? Where, who did they drop the ball? At this point, we don't care. We will deal with that another time. Right now is to rescue our American and American Jewish hostages and our Jewish hostages. People that went over to celebrate a holiday, to celebrate love and peace. Young people at a music festival, over 260 of them mowed down in the prime of their life. Mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters and grandparents and aunts and uncles and cousins begging to have some answer. Where are our loved ones? Please, please do not make this part of your war. And the Hamas using them as body shields. The Western media, shame on you. The first thing you wanted to do, you don't verify your stories anymore. What is wrong with the journalist of today? Right away, they wanted to blame Israel for what happened with that missile that hit the hospital. And yet it was the terrorists themselves who are probably not very well trained who actually did it. Now, whether they did it deliberately or accidentally, I don't know. But dead is dead. And there's still so many dead and injured because of that hospital incident. You all know that I have told you I have zero tolerance for intolerance. Martin Niemöller said many, many years ago, and I'm just kind of pulling it out of the air right now. I don't remember the exact quote. They came for the Catholics and took them away, and I didn't speak up. They came for the missionaries and took them away, and I didn't speak up. They came for the Jews 
and took them away and I didn't speak up. When it came time for them to come to get me, there was no one left to speak up. I am sharing with you, my Christian, my Jewish brothers and sisters, and even those of you that Buddhist, Hindu, or no religion at all, whether you consider yourself to be religious or spiritual, and there's a big difference, it does not matter. It is our duty to speak up. It is our duty to not allow the wokeism, the so-called progressives. There's nothing progressive about them. The far-left liberals, many of them card-carrying communists and Marxists, even in our public schools here in America, they're proud of it. It is our job to speak up. Do not allow them to rewrite history. My husband told me the other day, is this correct? They're melting down the statue of General Grant. So they're melting down, they're melting down the statue of General Grant from our Civil War. You can go ahead and take away all of our flags. You can try to spit in our Constitution. Others can sit there and say they want to burn the Koran or they want to burn the, the Torah. They want to burn the Bible. You can try to erase history all you want, but there will be the truth of history will come up. In the end, the Israel, the Jewish people will win. Whether you're an American that has decided to take sides, I would not take sides except for good. We know that our country is not perfect. And we know that Israel is not perfect. They've made mistakes. Their politicians have made mistakes. Sometimes they let their egos override their ass. We've done that here in the United States as well. We allowed the French and the Dutch and so many others to come to this country and participate in killing the indigenous people. We ourselves went after the indigenous people, pushed them onto reservations and left them there basically to rot. Up into the 70s and 80s, we were bringing in women from Indian reservations around the United States and parts of Canada. And we were telling them that they were going in for female examinations and we were sterilizing them. Up into the 70s and 80s. Children were taken away from their parents and their grandparents off of Indian reservations and put in missionary schools, had their hair cut off. For those of you that know anything about Indian culture, a young man wears his hair long until the day that his father or grandfather dies, and then he cuts it. The children were put in what we call American-type clothes. They were forbidden to ever practice their spiritual beliefs, their religion, or speak their native language of whatever tribe they came from here in North America. Trying to wipe out entire cultures of indigenous people. We went and had a knee-jerk reaction during World War II in Pearl Harbor and rounded up all people who were Americans born here in America, that happened to have slanty eyes that were Japanese-Americans and put them in what I call FEMA camps or concentration camps. 
We should be ashamed to sit there and point our finger at other countries when we ourselves have looked the other way during genocide. How many people in World War II, Jewish people tried to come here to America and their boat was not even allowed to land here on our shores because of politics, because of fear. We need to look at ourselves. People sitting there and pointing the finger and saying all the world's problems are the fault of the Mormons and the Masons and the Catholics and the Jews. This anti-Semitism needs to stop now. We need to understand we have a lot of commonality between us. We are all brothers and sisters under God. We are his children, regardless of your color of skin, regardless of your ethnic background, regardless of your religious or your spiritual beliefs. You can't have people demonstrating in Palestine and demonstrating in New York and Los Angeles and Seattle, Washington and San Francisco and saying that, you know, Islam is the only true religion. Wrong. Or saying death with all Jews. When I found out that some agreement accordance was made where the Muslims were allowed to go to the top and worship in the building at the top and the Jewish people had to stay one level down and only go to the wailing wall and do their praying and worshiping there. So many times Israel has conceded and gone along for the sake of peace. But the United Nations is not a peaceful organization. The United Nations was responsible for telling the Russians and telling the Viet Cong where our troops were in Vietnam and where our South Vietnamese soldiers were. The United Nations is responsible for the fall of Vietnam to communism. The United Nations needs to stop telling the Jewish people to roll over like cockroaches and play dead. Not anymore. We saw what happened in World War II. We see what's been happening for thousands of years. I may not agree with everything that the people in Israel do, their politicians do. But I will stand and say they have a right to defend themselves and not allow this to happen again. The people were caught unaware. This was not something that was provoked by something major. This came out of nowhere on a very holy day. This was planned, we believe, by Iran and Qatar. Iran is responsible for providing the training. Qatar is the one responsible for providing the equipment and the weapons, the motorcycles, the hand gliders. The Jewish people have a right to defend themselves. They had to turn off the electricity. They had to turn off the water. But they kept on begging the people who could to try to escape and go south. They put out over a million flyers from the air telling them where to go and how to get out of harm's way. They did their due diligence to try to warn the people of what was coming. They have to go in there and get rid of Hamas. There is no other answer. 
People need to stand with Israel. People need to stop the blame game. People need to understand that we're not dealing with normal Muslims or normal people that practice the Quran, that believe in Islam. I had a sergeant major, command sergeant major in the army many years ago at Fort Lewis, who was from the Fuji Islands, who was Muslim. A wonderful command sergeant major of the U.S. Army, a soldier, soldier, someone I would follow into battle and back. And he showed me the parts where it explained that they want to be a religion of peace. I'm sure wherever that command sergeant major is right now, the command sergeant major that I was with in 2010 at Fort Lewis, Washington, you're either back in the Fuji Islands or you're still here in America. You are probably just as horrified as I am, Sergeant Major. And you would understand, just as you were willing for many years to defend America as a soldier, soldier, as our command Sergeant Major, you can understand that Israel has no choice but to go into Gaza. Folks, this is Maggie Rose. Please bless Israel. Send your blessings to all their family and friends and of those that are missing. Put out your prayers for the world, for peace. I am Maggie Rose. I'll be back on Friday at the same time with the Concord Hour. God bless you all and shalom. It's hard to love. so much to hate. Hanging on to hope When there is no hope to speak out In the wounded skies above Say it's much too late Then maybe we should all be praying for time
Here's some interesting news. Due to all the recent claims about possible nuclear wars, viruses, solar flares, and civil unrest, people are scrambling to prepare and stockpile food. But the one thing out of reach for many is an underground bunker. Until now. Because you can now have a 3D printed underground bunker in just one day. An excavator digs a hole in your backyard and 3dbunkers.com shows up in a small truck and sets up their 3D printer under a tent completely undetected. They can print as many rooms as you want at a fraction of the cost compared to traditional metal bunkers. 3D Bunkers uses polymer concrete, which is five times stronger than regular cement. YouTube 3dbunkers.com and watch the video. The creators of 3D Bunkers is looking for a business partner that can help bring this technology to the world. And we need to protect our way of life without living in fear. Contact Brad at 3dbunkers.com for more details or visit 3dbunkers.com. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Truth, truth, truth.